Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here. Just wanted to uh, talk about this week's episode a little bit. So Josh and I recorded it several weeks ago, and you may recall that our most recent mini-sodes about the apartment and West Side Story, the audio is a little bit off. Well, um, Josh and I recorded those two mini-sodes and this week's episode all on the same day, and I did not realize that there was an audio issue with my mic specifically. So as you listen, you'll notice that Josh is coming in clear, but I'm a little bit fuzzy. Um, And I will say that with this episode, the first minute or two is the worst. So if you're frustrated by it, uh, just stick with it. It does get better, uh, or at least more more coherent as the episode goes on. Uh, I'm very proud of the of the episode and the things that we say. uh, So I'm very frustrated that uh, that the audio is not perfect. and uh, I did toy with the idea of going through and re-recording my side of the conversation, but that uh, did not seem very practical given that uh, I'm in school and I've got work and all that sort of thing. So, uh, so yeah, so thank you very much for your patience and enjoy the episode. lesson uh third week in halloween times very exciting uh, i hope everybody enjoyed our discussion of the witch last week um it was uh, a lot of fun to talk about um and for those that uh, have not yet seen the film please seek it out and then if uh, and then once you do go and listen to that episode because i'm actually rather uh, proud of it uh but here's the thing you it's not it's not halloween times without our most frightened co-host and the one who actually coined the term Halloween times, Josh Long. Josh, how you doing? Hi. <laughs> what? What? Just come up from hiding under this table for long enough to record an episode. Yeah. There's ghosts and goblins aboot. <laughs> I do. What's that from? I, I, I'm not sure. It's odd that you went Canadian there at the end. <laughs> uh, I was like, is that from like Bob and Doug McKenzie? It or could be. Um, yeah, we I, we reference you more than we probably should. When on episodes that you're not a part of, oh really? Um, because because mm. we we were talking about the witch and if that would be seen and yeah if that would be seen as frightening because mm-hmm. there's a and the companion film was The Shining mm-hmm. and I said that like I don't find The Shining that particularly scary I find it unsettling but not necessarily scary uh, but then you are somebody that does find The Shining rather scary I do. Um, and I'm fascinated, uh, and I think we've talked about it before and you, so we don't have to go into a lot of detail, but what kind of, because the, the more we've been doing this with Halloween times and the more I've just been getting into horror over the last few years in general, um, I find myself thinking more about the different, my different responses to Mm -hmm. horror. Um, and one thing that I've said on BP and, and on here is that, 
uh, I've started to think a little bit more outside the box when it comes to horror that there are horror movies that aren't really that scary. And people would say, well, that's, you know, it's a bad horror movie because it's not scary. And it's like, well, there's still horrific things happening. Mm -hmm. You know, Frankenstein is a horror movie because we are wa walking a, we are watching a, a walking, talking, reanimated corpse. And that is a horrific concept, you mm -hmm. know? Um, so even those old universal horror movies, yeah, they're not scary, but they're still effective horror movies. Yeah. So that's kind of one way of, of looking at it. Um, but along those lines is there are horror movies that I'm, I won't be fearful of, but I will be unsettled by. Mm. And I feel like that's a perfectly fine reaction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So along those lines, my question to you is, when you say that you are scared by a movie like The Shining, when you say you're a scared, mm -hmm. um, is, it, uh, is it more just feeling a bit just uneasy or is it like genuine fear and and how does the fear manifest itself like i feel is like it it, only while you're watching the movie no it's fear that like will stick with me for a little while interesting yeah I'm like trying. it's okay. been a long time since i've seen something that really scared me and stuck with me that way but like i can remember times when it's like it's the same thing you have when you're a kid really where you're like uh, is that is like is the boogeyman gonna be under my bed like when I was younger, stuff under the bed was the worst. Like I couldn't mm. handle seeing stuff like that because then I was like, then you're in the bed and you got to get out of the bed at some point. And like yeah. as soon as my foot hits the ground, is something going to stick out and grab oh, my yeah. grab my ankle? And I'll get you. Like in uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. This is the first place my mind went <laughs> because he looks under the bed. Yeah. And the camera follows him, comes back up. It's right next to him. Yeah. That freaked me out That's when I was terrifying. A yeah. Um, <laughs> And see, well, now, there is one good thing about having watched a few more horror, horror films is now I, I know a lot more of the tricks. Sure. Because when I didn't know that many of them, they would get me every time. Yeah. But now when I, that I know a lot of the tricks, that I, I, I still do this to this day. If I'm watching something scary, I'll look away from the screen when I know yeah. something that might be scary is coming. So I'm like, oh, this is part where they'll probably try and get me. Comedian Paul F. Tompkins has a wonderful bit about... Uh, the 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 thing in every horror movie that always gets him where it's just like a guy uh a guy's in a bathroom he looks at himself in the mirror and then splashes some cold water on his face when he comes back up hideous monster in the mirror um and he says he says i always know it's coming he's like the minute i see the sink i think here we go um but yeah or it's, it's the uh, same when uh uh if you have the the medicine cabinet with the mirror on it. Sure. And you open it, yeah. and then when you close it, something's there. Or refrigerator, uh, refrigerator door. door is the next yeah. place I was going. Absolutely. <laughs> open it, it's fine. Close yeah. it, there's the horrible monster. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's it, at, at some point, these monsters are like Batman, <laughs> just the way that they appear. And uh, it's. Or is Batman like one of these monsters? You tell me, Whoa. people of Gotham City. Whoa. Well, I know that the, the district attorney would say he's a vigilante and he needs to be brought in. He's not letting the cops do their jobs. That's right. But then you know what? She'll change her tune once she meets Batman. She sure will. Because he will destroy her, being a monster <laughs> as he is. Um, okay, we have talked for a while and said nothing, but um, <laughs> that's not true. I guess we talked about uh, certain aspects of, of horror movies. We did. And, and, and we talked fearful about, response. Yeah, and then we talked about Batman. Yeah, Batman's scary. That's a thing. Bats Batman? are scary. Yeah. 
That's why he pay, That's why he chose to be Batman. Exactly. He's scared of bats. Like I would be. Well, I guess there's there's already a <laughs> Spider Man. I'd be Tarantula Man. <laughs> so. Or you could you, you could be like Student Debt Man or something. What's scarier than that? Why is not that not that, that? Why has that not happened yet? Right? Shouldn't that be a? I would be a creeping dread man, because that's usually it's just a general. Hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Just a just a general unease with did, my circumstances. Did I leave the oven on, man? Oh sure, uh, abandonment man. Uh, <laughs> abandonment man. It's the saddest uh, horror villain. But you know what? If he oh oh so he's a villain is what you're saying. Like uh, I mean, it seems to me that abandonment man can't really terrorize criminals. <laughs> Because he just kind of leaves them alone, yeah. but they feel. But you know what? They do feel a little bit neglected. <laughs> like Batman would have come after me. What do I not warrant your attention, Abandonment Man? Um, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Josh, stop distracting. Me. I'm sorry. All right, it's just Halloween times. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Uh, this is what excitement looks like. What? Uh, well, I can see you, so can you try and, and make it sound like you look? Okay. Hi. There we go. There we go. All right. <sighs> so what we, were ta- what we were talking about before the show, this is not that episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just for you and me. Uh, okay. So the episode that we're, the, the, the movie that we're talking about today is one that um, I, was, I wasn't sure exactly when to talk about it. It is arguably a horror movie there is scary stuff in it that it's there's fearful elements to it thematic elements there's definite thematic elements yes as is the case with pretty much any movie we talk about on this podcast <laughs> or anything um do you wait do you still not know the premise of this show josh uh what do you mean just do you think it just happens to be a coincidence every time that we pick a movie that has a thematic resonance now when you say show oh what boy. do you mean oh what do you think this computer is doing right now? Well, it's computing. Okay. Well, that is that is true. Lots of ones and zeros. Those computers yeah. are just full of magic, Lots and I don't I don't understand any of it. Exactly. Uh, all you do is say, uh, "Excuse me, iTunes. Uh, can you please bring up my music?" I say, "Take me to the store." Yes. And sometimes it works. Yeah. Other times, I just have to go somewhere. I just it have depends to stay on home. What you want from the store? Yeah. <laughs> if you want music. Oh, it's it it's very accommodating. Yeah. If you want, you know, uh, some Groceries. bananas, it can't no help good. You. It's it's very unaccommodating. The magic man that lives in your box. <laughs> so, um, oh boy. Okay, we got to try and stay more on topic. Uh, otherwise, this is going to be a, a mess. Um, so we we're talking about the Shallows, directed by. This is going to be tough. Sorry, everybody. It's a French name. Uh, I, we arrived at uh, Jean Colette Serra. Could be Calais, Sarah, we're not sure. Um, but uh, we're going to stick with Colette, Sarah, for the time being. Um, this movie came out over the summer, and a lot of people were com- have commented, now that uh, summer, by the time this goes up, summer is long since over, uh, a lot of people commented on how disappointing this summer was. In some cases, box office, but just in general, artistically. Uh, but then there are also a, a number of articles that came out saying, well, hang on. Not all of these are that. Uh, and it brought up the movie Nerve, which is actually a very good movie. I liked it quite a bit. Um, that's the one that's like the social media thing, right? Yeah. That, that seemed like an interesting concept. Yeah, I li- and, it's, and it's executed 
wonderfully. It's, you know, once it gets to the end, because it's based on a young adult novel, and uh, that it starts to kind of show that I in see. the last act. But it's still really effective uh, from a filmmaking standpoint. It's definitely the most... I've, at this point, I've seen a fair number of, like, young adult uh, adaptations, and just from a on, a... on a visceral level, it blows most of those away. Yeah. Um, and it just feels so fresh. Hmm. Um so oh, cool. I don't know if it's on, by the time this goes up, it might actually be on video. And if so, I highly recommend it. Um, but another movie that the people talk, that people talked about that came out this summer that just, it did well financially, uh, but it's just not, it was just sort of a, sort of a sleeper was, uh, the shallows. Now I want, I was excited to see the shallows because it's got a shark in it and <laughs> I like jaws. Um, and the, the the concept of it sounded interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I found out about it, uh, it during a, a YouTube uh, preview. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I wanted to watch something else and said, okay, hang on, watch this for four seconds. And you know what? <laughs> the trailer caught me and uh, 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 grabbed me in, in four seconds. That's pretty good. And I watched the rest of it. And I was, and it was a movie that I was anticipating. And I was... But I was also like, oh, let's see how these reviews are. And I remember you talking about it beforehand because I had read a book called The Shallows that is entirely unrelated. But as soon as I mentioned it, you were like, wait a minute, because that you had seen that trailer sometime and you were like, this sounds interesting to me. It's yeah. Uh, and there's an element of uh, uh, there's a survival element as well. It's, mm-hmm. So in that way, it's not unlike a movie like Castaway or All is Lost or something like mm-hmm. that. Um so it was very with uh, by the way uh, an element of tremors in there as well. <laughs> um, so there was a lot going on with this movie, and I was very excited to see it. And it has, uh, and I was toying with the idea of pushing this episode to next year hmm. because I saw the movie Don't Breathe, and I uh, thought yeah. and that definitely has a lot of stuff. So overtly, you have a character talking about like the things you're capable of when you stop believing in God. And it's like, okay, well, that definitely uh, is something we can talk about here. Um, But honestly, Don't Breathe, I think, is a movie that people are going to be talking about longer. I think The Shallows actually is a movie that people, once again, by the time this episode actually posts, we're recording about a a month in advance, um, by the time this actually posts, people might have forgotten all about The Shallows. But I wanted to talk about it while, while it was still somewhat in people's memory. Um, so the story is very simple. It is about, uh, this, this, uh, young woman who is on a secluded beach and she's just going to go surfing. And while she is out surfing, and we'll give some more details in a moment, but while she's out uh, surfing, she is attacked by a very large shark. Uh, and she finds herself on this little, uh, rock outcropping about, uh, like, 200 feet or 200 meters, I forget, uh, from the beach, and the shark can't get her up there, but the tide is, but, you know, when the tide goes up, she's going to lose it, so she's trying to figure out how can she get away from from this this shark, Uh, and that's the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Appropriately, the film is fairly short. It's about Mm -hmm. 80 minutes. I like that, (laughs) Um, and uh, and yeah, and I'll I'll talk about what I thought of the film in general uh, in a moment. but uh, honestly, I was surprised that you saw the film at all. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like your kind of movie. Everything about it seemed like a movie pass. Uh, <laughs> well, and that, I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, what prompted did you want to see it? I was, 
Uh, well, part of it, honestly, is the uh, the weak summer movie yeah. thing. There wasn't a whole lot else out, and I think I had some time where it's like, I think this is at at the time when I was on crutches because I hurt my ankle, and it was yeah. like, I don't have a whole lot else to do. Like, been you know, I can go out and see a movie. That's not too much, you know, doesn't involve a lot of moving around or anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that was one of the only things that I was kind of curious to see because a lot of the other summer movie stuff just was not very. Uh, didn't didn't really grab me, um, but anytime there is a movie where it's kind of one person in the same place for the whole time, I I'm always curious to see what they're gonna do with that because that's a definite challenge for any film to say how are we gonna keep you interested in one person stuck in one place for you know yeah. an hour and a half like how how does that happen and. So as like a a dramatic exercise, I find that interesting. Uh, That being said, several of these movies that do that I haven't seen, but I'm always intrigued when I hear about them like Buried or uh, uh, is is Phone Booth the name of the Colin Farrell one where he's stuck in a phone booth? Yeah, but there are other characters in that, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you saw Secret Honor. I did. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, that was one like that. Though it isn't necessarily a thriller. It's like an emotional thriller. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but then there's the other one with uh, where Tom Hardy's just in a car the whole time. I forget oh, what Locke. that. Oh, Locke, yeah. Yeah, Locke. That's a good one. Yeah. We, so, we covered that on the show. And so I always, you know, I always hear about these ones, and I'm like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen a whole lot of them. Well, and so many of them, uh, although you mentioned several that actually are not, that, uh, not the case there, um, so many of them kind of fall into a uh, man versus nature kind of thing. Cast uh-huh. away as that. Um, yeah. All is lost. All is lost. I, I actually haven't seen, but oh, really? that is what the, yeah. the movie Yeah, and is. I have seen that one. That That's a fitting comparison to this film because there's a whole lot of similarities. It's one person stuck on the ocean, and I'm, if I remember correctly, at some point in All is Lost, there are sharks. Ooh. Is there one big shark? <laughs> yes, and its name is Jaws. Oh, wow. <laughs> I totally misread that movie. Um, it's a Jaws remake, really. Wow. His name is Brody, mm-hmm. and he goes out on the ocean looking for a shark. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, and, and that's the thing is, The Shallows, I, di- I genuinely didn't, I, I certainly didn't think the film was going to be boring. Um, I definitely thought that, okay, they're going, first off, 80 minutes long, perfect. But also I thought, this isn't merely a man versus nature situation. This is man ver- or in this case, woman versus one specific thing. Mm-hmm. And that makes a big difference because then it's, it's at that point, it's almost man versus man at that point or man. It's man versus creature. Yeah. That, that is interesting that that, that happens. Cause yeah, like you said, generally the things that are man versus nature encompass a, a larger set of circumstances or, even if it is some kind of animals, it's like I, I specifically remember first being introduced to this concept of the man versus nature drama thing with some short story that I read in high school that was, I want to say it was called Leningen versus the Ants, but it's some it's some guy in South America and uh, these hordes of ants are trying to get in and destroy the the like plantation that he lives on or something like that. Uh, it ends up being more exciting than you think it would be when I it's about an ants. I thought MacGyver that was like that. Maybe, maybe that's what they based the short story sure, off. Sure, sure. Um, I'm sure that's the order. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, even then, it's like uh, it's like a swarm of something. It's still like a nature thing, and and this is a very 
uh, man versus man type of thing. Yeah. Except the other man happens to be uh, a shark. And not a shark man. Just a regular old shark. Uh, if only. Um, and yeah, so there's definitely a... But the idea of, of combining these two things where the character has to try to figure out not merely do I kill the shark. She doesn't care about killing the shark. She just wants no. to get away from it. Yeah. Um, and just trying different things. And, you know guess and check can be tough when if you get something wrong <laughs> i mean there's a there's a scene in the in the film when she is uh she is trying to get something that is floating away from her rock and so she moves to the lowest point in the rock and is like reaching for it and then she turns around and the shark is like jumping out of the water right for her like the the shark has gotten a little bit bold because she's gotten that close to the water and it really is jarring um and so just there's an ever-present threat and and it is malicious you know it's one of the it's one of the great things about sharks in movies it's why jaws is so effective is because you know it's it's one of the hand one of a handful of animals that is just so inherently predatory Mm -hmm. um i mean we've talked about spiders you know and snakes and that sort of thing but there's something about a shark that it's like a it's it's like a giant bullet, mm-hmm. it, and it's just coming. It's always coming straight for you. Yeah, um, and the fact that they're underwater, also, you can never yeah. totally see them the way that you could see other predators, which yeah. sometimes makes them scarier than like bears or lions yeah. or something. And yet, and yet they've got that fin. Yeah, <laughs> as if to say, well, you can be a little bit scared. <laughs> um, Somehow that's more intimidating because you still see that something's coming your way, but you can't quite tell how big it is. Mm. Um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, so in in general, I didn't love the movie. Um, I really liked it. I had uh, there are some script issues where it's it's pretty clunky. They they hit things on the you know on the head a little bit, maybe a little bit too often, but. But the, an argument. Th- this film is actually a very good argument that filmmaking is more than just its script. Um, there are a lot of people that say like, "Hey, if it doesn't have a script, it's it's bad." And and structurally, this film works very well. So there is that. But you know, the dialogue is not that great, and uh, some of the some of the scenarios aren't that interesting. But um, or at least not that thought through. Uh, but the filmmaking, I thought, as far as how it is shot, how it is cut together, uh, is so, in my opinion, exhilarating and so visually stimulating um, that that I feel like it actually kind of overcomes uh, the, the flaws in the script. Uh, and obviously there will be some thematic uh, resonance that I'll talk about uh, another time, but not another time. It'll be, it'll be this episode. It'd be weird if it's like... <laughs> It's like, uh, you know what? We don't have time to get Tune to Tune in next week. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I had a, a largely positive response to it. Um, I think at first, you know, because everything's about letterbox now, and that's a five-star scale, I think at first <laughs> I gave it three stars. And then when I realized how much it was sticking with me, uh, I bumped it up to three and a half. I think um, I have it at three and a half also. But, yeah, so... Uh, and yeah, and I was I was surprised not only that you saw this movie, but that you responded as positively to it uh, as you seem to. I yeah. would have, I would have said this has a Josh Long two and a half star rating. 
No, not really, because I uh, I feel like it achieves kind of the the point of what it's trying to do pretty well. I was expecting, I was almost expecting. Mm, what's the right way to say this? I figured any kind of exposition that was in it that tries to establish what her relationships are, who she is as a person, yeah. was going to be clunky and uninteresting. And sure enough, it's not that great. It's yeah. it, it could have been worse, certainly. And I've seen movies where it's worse for that kind of thing. But we all know that's not what this is about. Right. And I, I waver back and forth on the dramatic necessity of uh, something like that that connects us to something with her emotionally that... that uh, you know, establishes her personality, her hopes and dreams, or something like that, to to then heighten the the uh, the drama when we're worried about something bad happening to her. I kind of go back and forth on how I feel about that idea as a whole, because yeah. it's not that it doesn't work, but there's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on there there's that whole law of diminishing returns that the more that we see movies the more we expect them to do something like that and yeah. then it doesn't work for us anymore because yeah. i know that you weren't a huge fan of all is lost yeah because it was almost too simplified it it, it avoided that cliche almost too much yeah yeah and yeah so so like there's a case where is that too far in the other direction or is there something else wrong? Because uh, I do kind of like the idea of us not knowing anything about a character yeah. and then as we move along, slowly we get more invested in them because of whatever. And I... I, I feel like an argument could be made that The Revenant could be something like that. But at the same time, we are allowed to see all of the stuff that le that leads to him being alone in the wilderness. So yeah. like, we have an emotional association with those events yeah. as well. And we have the, they do start out showing him in the sun early on. Right. And so we know there's, there's that whole thing. I, I wish I, I'm sure I have seen movies where the case is that I, I enjoyed it. And it's a film where we come in knowing nothing about the character. Um, I, I wonder if old boy maybe is a good example of that. Which I still have not seen. No. Oh. That might be, but it's hard to say. Um, so anyway, I, you know what? If anybody out there thinks of one that that works on that level, I'd be interested to to hear from people. Well, I mean, so that you know nothing about them, something and then where you continue knowing nothing about. Well, them, well, maybe, but like something where the focus is on a specific struggle that they have, but the film doesn't feel any necessity to create a uh, uh to inform us on their the rest of their life coming up mm -hmm. to this moment that will then uh cause us to be invested in that person yeah okay i see what you mean yeah you know? I, i'll there are i'd say there are a number of thrillers that are that are like that there's a mm -hmm. movie that i love from the mid-90s called red rock west oh that, yeah i've uh, seen that one and i feel like you get just the slightest flicker mm -hmm. of who this guy used to be. Yeah. It's like, I think, I think he was in the Marines at one point. He seems to make reference to it, but does not want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, something, he screwed up his leg somehow mm -hmm. and he wants to get in construction, but his leg is keeping that from happening. That's it. Yeah. Much. Um, but he's played by Nicolas Cage and the script is, you know, crackling. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like that's one, I feel like thriller, 
a thriller is the way to go um, mm-hmm. because I feel like the nature of drama is that you're just going to want to explore this character more. Yeah. Whereas a thriller, it's all about I have something I need to do and I just need to keep moving forward. Yeah. There's probably a lot of film noir where that's the case. Probably Red Rock West is a throwback to that. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, getting back to <laughs> the shallows, um, I think we were talking about how they didn't. I, I don't love the way they did that exposition, and I I can't decide whether um, knowing those things about her helps or hurts the movie. Well, it's frustrating because to me it is linked thematically with the events of the film and the way the ma- the film is made. So mm-hmm. I feel like uh, because all of the all of this is one thing, I definitely. And it's and honestly, that's why we're talking about the movie. Um, so obviously, I think that it's it's valuable, but it makes me wish it were it were handled better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I'm fine with the inclusion of it. I mean, uh, one thing. So obviously, uh, a theme that I come back to over and over again on this podcast in general, because of my own personal experiences, is grief and loss and mourning and that sort of thing. But it's it's something that you find a lot in horror movies. Yeah. Uh, in general, is that somebody has lost a, a husband or a wife, and they feel like they need to go somewhere new or something mm-hmm. like that. But the new place they go to is not what they wanted it to be. The companion film is very much that. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so this as a horror movie, and it's hard to say that The Shallows is a horror movie, except it is scary, and there is some horrific imagery in there. Um. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a staple of the genre. Um, and I like so much else about this film that I just wish that the script was just a little bit better (laughs) or, or, well, obviously I'd like it to be a lot better. Um, but if, if it were handled, you know, like when she is talking with her father, you know, or her sister, um, I recognize that, you know, the movie's 80 minutes. You're not going to spend a lot of time very subtly getting to know these characters. You know, you have you have the characters, you know, making declarative statements and that sort of thing. And I understand the necessity for that, but it's part of me is just like, ah, come on. We, there's a way to do this that doesn't require more time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I definitely don't begrudge the movie the choice to do what it did, only how it does it. Mm. Um, but yeah, and so we'll, we'll move into this thing that, um, so this, this, uh, woman, Nancy played by, uh, Blake Lively, um, she's lost her mother and so she is, and I don't, it's, it's fairly recent. It's probably been a, a couple months at this point. Mm. Um, and she goes to this beach that, uh, that has, sentimental value to her because it was a beach that her mother liked to to visit and and i think her mother used to surf as well and this is something that uh, nancy likes to do she likes to go surfing uh she is a, a med school student but she has no real interest in pursuing that because just her relationship with her mother was very important to her and now she is just one could say adrift mm. get it because water She's out to sea. Oh, absolutely. She's on a rock yeah. with a shark. That's a common we phrase, right? We can make right? it work. We can make it work. Right. Um, We're just I'm going to start using that in regular life and just see if if people respond. On a, on a rock. With really a shark. found myself on a rock with a shark there. 
And he'll be like, oh, I guess it's like, well, I think I can piece together what you're saying. Um, it's not the subtlest of metaphors. Uh, but that that implies that, that you're on a rock with the shark. Could be. The shark is just flopping around on that rock. Could be. Okay. I think if I say it That's, enough, people will think, that must be a thing people say. Sure. <laughs> it's like... Uh... <laughs> okay, so you and I have a friend named Wade okay. who uh, for a while worked with uh, a mutual friend of ours named Nicole. Oh, yes. And uh, Wade and I worked out a phrase that, just a, a nonsense phrase that we said, hey, you should say this around Nicole all the time and see if she picks up on it. And the <laughs> phrase that Wade and I settled on was bingo bongo, uh, which is basically the version of like Kramer's giddy up. You know, it's like, hey, mm -hmm. I like what you're saying. And so Wade would just say bingo bongo. And then. <laughs> After like three weeks, uh, Nicole was talking to, I, I believe, one of our wives and used the phrase. <laughs> and uh, we did not, and we told and her later that she was a subject of an experiment, but, uh, <laughs> which but, she was thrilled about, I'm sure. Oh, undoubtedly. Um, she's a pretty good sport about that kind of thing, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so yeah, uh, rock with a shark. Let's make it work. <laughs> um, so, uh, so she goes to this beach, and, and I, you know, I don't want to give too much of the story away, not because of spoilers, just because, like, there, there, there's actually a surprising amount of detail there. You know, she surfs for a while and all that, and uh, there comes a moment when you see a, a fin, and you think, oh, my gosh, what is this? Oh, it's, it's a bunch of dolphins. Like, it's even better. Because this <laughs> one thing that fascinates me about this movie is that it is particularly beautiful. Mm. Um, the yeah. beach is e I mean yeah even when there's a killer shark surrounding this girl you're like I'd like to hang out at that beach yeah. for a little bit it's like, like I won't go in the water but yeah like you know aside from that one thing this thing this place is great yeah if we can just navigate around that one thing right. uh, but she follows this uh this bunch of dolphins out a little bit further into the ocean than she should. Cause it's basically a little cove yeah. that she's in. Uh, and then she arrives at, uh, a big dead whale that has been, uh, killed and it is stuck on, um, like a coral reef. And, you know, it's jarring to see that. And she soon realizes that, that, uh, that the thing that killed this whale is a very large shark and it is still around. And so she wants to get away from it. And in doing so, she is now sort of, she brings the shark with her as she tries to get back to shore. Like she, it was at a safe distance. It was kind of out in the, you know, in the, in the deep a little bit, but now because she has, you know, she has the, the stink of this whale all over her and that sort of thing. She now just, the, the shark has sort of expanded its its reach a little bit. So uh, so then she's just dealing with this shark on this on this rock. So that's and just trying to figure out what needs to happen there. So that's the situation. And uh, and so here we can talk about some of the artistic elements, but I, I guess I'll lead with just uh, Blake Lively's performance. Um, I don't have much association with her. I don't even remember what she's from, what she's known for specifically. Yeah. Um, 
some TV show, I think, right? I honestly yeah. don't know where she, uh, when yeah. she got big. I remember seeing her on magazines all of a sudden, yeah. like several years ago. Yeah. I'm like, I guess this is a famous person. Yeah, it's a, it's a name that I knew. She was in that new uh, Woody Allen movie, Cafe Society. How was that? It's all right. Um, she was, I believe, she was briefly in the town, and uh, which I, I saw, I, but I don't remember her in she, it. I think she plays a, a prostitute in it, um, and uh, and if I'm if if that's the character I'm thinking of, then she is actually quite good in that. Um, and I thought she was, I was a little bit iffy that like, you know, Castaway has Tom Hanks at the center of it. Mm. All is Lost has Robert Redford at the center of it. This has <laughs> Blake Lively at the center of it. This might not be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I totally believed that she was afraid uh, when she's supposed to be afraid. Uh, when she's in pain, I believe that yeah. she's in pain, and just and and just the the inherent stress of her situation uh, is something that I always buy in her performance. Um, and I think she does craft a character that, when the time comes and she needs to be determined, that doesn't seem like that dramatic of a pivot to me no no she seems very she plays it as a very strong character like yeah. a strong person so when um whenever she has to make these big decisions and and very risk do very risky things or or bear up under pain and injury yeah. you you believe that she would act the way that she does and and i think that's good yeah and that that is that speaks to an actress who understands that, okay, I need to craft a character very much from the inside out, and I need to establish that she has an inner strength, and she is independent, and she can handle herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the question, and you know, and then the big question during the film is, is that enough? Yeah, you know? and, and how long can a person do that right. sort of thing? And it is to the film's credit that I didn't know if she was going to make it to the end. I assumed she was just because of the nature of what this movie is, but I also thought... Well, maybe not. Like, when I think of a movie like The Grey, which uh, is not as uh, is not as uh, isolated as one would immediately think. It's actually about a group of people that just slowly get dwindled down, and then it winds up being Liam Neeson alone at the end. Um, but, you know, spoilers for The Grey, he doesn't make it at the end. Um, he winds up taking out some wolves, but he, he dies at the end. And I thought that might actually be what happens here is that, uh, you know, she goes out maybe on her own terms. Maybe she takes the shark with her. I'm not really sure. But there are enough circumstances that I just feel like she can't get out of this many scrapes. It's not possible. Yeah. Um, and it's rare for me to leave my own cynicism aside uh, involuntarily and actually believe the danger mm-hmm. uh, for the main character. I thought she might die. Um, did you ever think that or did you just kind of assume yeah, she'll be okay? I don't know. I think the tone of the film made me think she's going to make it. Okay. Especially with the, the exposition at the beginning. And again, this is not even something that the, the exposition clearly clues you into, but it's this thing of having seen, once you've seen lots of movies, you start to think things like, well, generally they don't introduce a character like this and and you know introduce these things around them unless that person's going to make it yeah. it's not always true yeah. um companion film for example what's that the companion film for example yeah exactly which which you know but that's 
it's great. Independent film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's always great when they can surprise us, but uh, at the same time, you know, that doesn't always happen. So that's, that's kind of what I thought was going to happen. Spoilers, I guess, for this film. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, I've said it before, like we, we spoil things on this show, um, and she does, she makes it, everybody. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> we, we did all right. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, speaking about some other just general things, uh, you know, there's a movie that requires a fair amount of CGI on the mm-hmm. shark. And for the most part, I think it looks okay. It certainly looks okay when it's underwater. Um, yeah. When it jumps out into the, you know, into the air, it looks acceptable. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a scene where it's, there's a couple of uh, surfers coming out to her and they don't know that there's a shark in the water and it just like, as though one of them was, were a, a, a small seal, it just like bursts out, for, you know, bursts up from underneath uh, this guy and just takes him out. And that's like a really, that's kind of a hero shot. Um, yeah. It's not, certainly not a hero, but... Um, and in that moment, it's just like, okay, I can see a little bit of the of the strings there, mm-hmm. but I I'm I buy it, so yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um. You know, and then they have you know, uh, this and this shot worked its way into the trailer quite a bit. Is you know an overhead shot of the shark circling the the rock, mm-hmm. uh, and in that moment, I I don't know if that part is CGI. It looks like it's very much a physical thing. Yeah. Um, cause it's not required to do that much. Right. Um, and in the, in moments like that, you see how large the shark is. Do you think the shark was too big? Like that shark is genuine jaws sized. Yeah. I, it's, I think it's either 20 to 25 feet. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't really notice. Okay. Um, I was thinking it was on the bigger side, but I, I generally, I, I, or, Genuinely, do not know how large a uh, a great white shark is. They usually top out at about thirteen to fifteen feet. That's too big, then. <laughs> yeah, um, but that thing—it's like generally that's the case. But I know they can get larger. Yeah. Um, you know the Jaws shark. I remember uh, in the book the shark is twenty feet. Um, and when they're trying to figure out how big to make the shark, they're like twenty feet doesn't seem quite big enough, actually. They're like, how about 30? No, that seems too big. Yeah. Let's go 25. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, and yeah, so I, it was it was a thought that I had is that uh, does this shark need to be as big as it is to be a threat? Um, and maybe, honestly, just the idea that it, I mean, any shark can be a threat, as certainly a great white shark can, but, uh, but yeah, one that can essentially swallow you whole, as Quint says in Jaws, uh, yeah. Fair enough. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, so we'll move into, and this is what, this honestly is what is so to me invigorating about the movie is that as I move into the themes of the film, I actually find myself delving further into the artistic choices of hmm. the director. And mm-hmm. that doesn't happen that often. Like as I talk about, you know, the the situation where Nancy is dealing with her grief or more specifically not dealing with her grief. Mm. Um, it requires that I talk about how the director shot the movie. Mm, yeah. Um, because you know, Nancy has, she's lost her mother and she's essentially running away from, from everything. 
And it's appropriate that she, and I, I, I did write an article about this on more than one lesson, so I'm not going to be saying anything that, uh, that you haven't read uh, if you've read that article. Um, she's essentially, by going to this beach, which is something she associates with her mother, um, she's sort of retreating into the past or retreating mm -hmm. into one, just denial in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and denial and the past, there's a certain, one could say, beauty to it. There's a simplicity, there's a relaxation, there's an escape quality to it because you always know what it is. You know, mm -hmm. you always know what it looks like. Um, the past is not going to throw you any curveballs. The future always will, and the present does as well. If you don't know how to emotionally handle the present, and because of what she's lost, she doesn't know how to emotionally handle the present. Hmm. Um, but, uh, and so, I think it's, I think the director chooses to shoot the film on every level as beautifully as possible. The colors are, are vibrant. I, I, I have to assume that they boosted those in the, in post, right? It has to be, yeah. It has to be. Um, but it's gorgeous. It's, yeah. it's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's beauty all around to such an extent that I will also put this out there. You know, a lot of people have, have made jokes about, ah, you just get to see Blake Lively in a bathing suit the whole the whole movie. That's not so bad. <laughs> and you know what? Fair enough. Uh, she is an attractive woman, and you do see her fairly scantily clad for a while. But that's that's another part of it is that she is beautiful. And then early in the film, you actually see that she's surfing with a couple of male surfers. They are attractive. Literally everything that you were, everything on screen is attractive. Um, <laughs> Until there's, there's even a moment when there's like there's this buoy that's just very gently swaying back and forth. Like even that is relaxing. Yeah. Even that is safe. Um, and then e she's swimming with dolphins. Like yeah. Everything about it's this all is idyllic. Exactly, it's idyllic. It's paradise. But what I like, and and in that sense, like that's what de that's what denial is of of almost anything is, I don't want to deal with it. I want to stay nice and safe in this idyllic bubble. Mm -hmm. And what I like about the movie is that there comes a moment when we see we go from and it's the dolphins. Yeah, we go from these beautiful dolphins to this dead, rotting, stinking killer, uh, dead whale, mm -hmm. and. From that moment on, we actually see a lot of ugliness, mm -hmm. and it's and it's always ugly ugliness that's like that is revealed over time. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, obviously there's the whale itself, but then as day turns to night and she gets you know stuck on the on the rock. First off, she herself has been attacked by the shark, so she's she's something that we think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And she is now scarred. Like she has this giant gash in her in her leg. So yeah. it's like, so even the beauty of the main character is not intact anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, as as nighttime comes along, uh, you know the attractive male surfers have been replaced by this overweight, <laughs> drunk, you know, uh, just gross, uh, you know, gross-looking man on the beach who's just kind of stumbling along. And you know that's that's who we're dealing with now, uh, and then he actually goes into the into the ocean and is killed by the shark, and then mm -hmm. we see that he's been essentially bitten in half. Yeah. Um, and well, so, and and even him, the same way you were talking about, things seem to start out beautiful and then are are uh, turn not to. At first, he notices her, mm -hmm. 
waving her hands and trying to get attention, and you think, oh, someone's going to be able to help her, yeah. but she tries to direct him over to her bag, and then it looks like he just goes to steal the things from her bag. Yeah. So in the same way, it starts out being like, oh, this is, yeah. a, this is a saving thing, and turns into be not only someone who's not going to save her, but someone who's going to steal her stuff. And, I mean, when you think about it as far as what that guy is you know she starts by being driven out to the beach by this this guy who is a, a native and and is a, a very nice man who i think winds up not charging her for it i don't recall but for, either way for, to, for driving to her there yeah. yeah i think so so he's being very nice and generous and then we see the ugly side that no when you go to a tourist location you do need to be on your guard a little bit not everybody's going to be nice all the time yeah. but like yeah, so even that, the idea that someone will take you to this idyllic location out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. And then this guy, yeah, like, there's another instance. And then the next day, the surfers show up. The good-looking male surfers show up again. Mm-hmm. And, okay, and uh, so this might be a bit of a stretch. But they're surfing out to her. And the way I look at it, it's almost like, normalcy or one could say beauty trying to reassert itself hmm. you know they don't see anything wrong to them this is i this is still idyllic everything is fine and they're good looking and they're and they're coming towards her and then the shark mm-hmm. kills one very yeah. quickly and then goes after another and so it's like no beauty is gone and it even it even comes to the point where um where uh she she goes to that buoy like the rock is not an option anymore mm-hmm. so she goes to that buoy the thing that was you know swaying back and forth in the t- in the, in the in the tide uh and even that uh is ro- is rusted and falling apart yeah. and it provides no real safe haven at all yeah um and so i don't know i i look at the film very much as this idea that she needs to that you can't actually run away from this, that, that yeah. the ugliness will find you and will actually pursue you. Yeah, that there is the, the idea that there is some kind of per some kind of perfect in the world. Yeah. That if you can get away from the bad things, you can find this beautiful place where you're free from from the problems. Yeah. But but it doesn't actually exist. And and even in even that beautiful place has its own terrible things about it. And it, and it speaks to, even the title speaks to that, that this mm-hmm. idea of the world is shallow. Mm-hmm. And that, in fact, it's surfacy. And that right underneath the surface, because, like, you know, you look at the buoy and then you look at it underwater and it's, fall, and it's falling apart and provides no real safe, uh, safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, under, you know, on the surface of the water is, oh, it's so gorgeous and pristine, but right underneath is is this danger and, and the real ugliness of of one could say life in general, but what she's going through specifically. And so it's a thing that she does need to deal with. Uh, she's been running and running and running. And then, and even in the way she chooses to deal with the shark, it's like, okay, all I need to do is stay alive. Mm-hmm. So I need to try to figure out a way to get to shore, which is to say, I need to run away from the shark. And after a while she realizes running is not an option. Mm-hmm. I need to now just face it head on thing full on. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, and this is why I'm okay with the inclusion of her, her grief and what mm-hmm. she's lost yeah. is because 
it ties in so wonderfully with uh, with the way the f- the director made the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, did I not expect to be thinking about this stuff when I went to see this yeah. movie. Um, and and I will go ahead and bring in our, our companion film, which is a movie that I absolutely love, one of my favorite horror movies of the last uh, 20 years, if not ever, um, and that is Neil Marshall's The Descent. Neil Marshall is... The is, Decent. The Decent, yes. Although there's not a lot of decency going on in this Sure movie. isn't. Um, and The Descent is a, it's an Australian film. Neil Marshall had previously made a movie called Dog Soldiers, which is a werewolf movie, mm. uh, that I briefly mentioned two weeks ago um, during uh, with, with Andrew Clavin talking about mm. werewolf movies. Uh, and The Descent, this is one that I... I'm actually not going to spoil because um, it's a companion film. I don't need to go into that much. <laughs> we already did a little bit earlier. Did we? Oh yeah, I guess so. Well, uh, of one key thing at least, yeah. but there's the fact is there's there's a number of characters, not just one, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they don't all do great. <laughs> uh, things don't work out great for everyone, um, which is probably to be expected from a movie right. like this. So that's not much of a spoiler. Um, but yeah, the movie starts with this woman. Uh, she's married. She has a. She's married with a child. Is that the situation, or is she pregnant? I forget. I get it. Honestly, I get it mixed up with the Babadook, which also <laughs> deals with with these these things. Um, I don't remember her being pregnant, but I could. I you could know be wrong about it. I think she does have a kid because of the the way it ends. I mm-hmm. feel like there's a, there's an element there, mm-hmm. but. Uh, but yeah, and she gets in a terrible car accident, and her family is killed, and she is alive. And so, uh, it cuts to I think six months later, and she is she's an adventurer. She likes to have fun with her friends, and uh, she and her friends, all females, uh, which I find interesting, um, they decide they're all going to go spelunking, which is a word that I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy saying it. I enjoy seeing it. Enjoy hearing it. But not doing it. No, especially <laughs> not after this movie. Um, and uh, I believe you and I watched this movie together yeah, yeah. many years ago. Uh, I think we watched it with Jen, correct? Because I seem I think to recall so. some screams happening, and they weren't <laughs> from me, and I don't think they were from you. I think so. I think I think my wife was with us as well. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and so while so they as they're spelunking, you know, I'll go ahead and say that. The cave that they're in for a while is actually quite quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the way the little cracks where the sun is shining in, but they just go deeper and deeper, mm-hmm. uh, and it gets ugh, so claustrophobic. You know, and it turns out that there are like creatures in the cave, but the movie is scary before they even meet the creatures yeah. because of the claustrophobia. Yeah. Um, but then once they you know once they deal with these uh, creatures, then it becomes a, a full on horror movie. Yeah. Um, and once again, like this is a character, the main character is trying to get away from her grief and really trying to just not deal with it at all. Um, and then there are other elements where she, she, when she does deal with it, she does something that is very common when you're in a situation like that is that she's looking for somebody to blame. Mm. And so she actually, one of these other women is, is somebody that she thinks might have had an affair or at least had designs oh, on yeah. her husband. And so she's like putting a lot of, a lot of anger on that uh-huh. woman, and uh, and that's another way of actually kind of escaping the reality of grief is that like when you're looking for someone to blame, that's still like an active thing you can do. 
Um, and a lot of what grief is is that you can't run away from it, but you also can't really do anything about it. You just have to experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so she's just she's trying to run away from it, but also trying to just put that negative energy onto somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's and neither of them work. Um, uh, did you like the descent when we when we watched it? I did. Yeah, I think it it was maybe a little too scary for me. Really, no supernatural there. Well, there's uh, hints of it. But yeah. yeah. But it's it's mostly a creature feature. I yeah, would say. yeah. Um, a little too scary for you. That's interesting. I feel like I remember. I feel like I remember there being moments where I had to look away from the screen during oh, that one. Oh wow! I mean, it's it is at the very least stressful. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, to say the least. Yeah, and it is it was uh, very frightening uh, to me as well. Um, so. So it's and it, and it just the the arcs of these two characters and the fact that both of them are are women is something that I find interesting and uh, and yeah and so that's I think that's all I'm going to say about the descent. Go and watch it. It is definitely mm-hmm. worth watching. Um, and uh, you know if you're in the mood for a good uh, good horror movie this Halloween, check it out. So you know we should we should start wrapping up. Um, so I wanted to to talk about a couple of things. One is I've heard this. In a couple of sermons, and I've heard it in a, in a couple of of uh, just general illustrations. I think I've read it a couple of times. I don't mm-hmm. even, I don't really know where it originates, um, and I've heard a couple of different versions of it. One of them has to do with kind of a cave, but I've heard it specifically about the idea of a dark room, mm-hmm. and this idea that, or or at least a poorly lit room, and you're just sitting in this room. And it's dark. You can't really see very well, but you kind of you've made your peace with it. Uh, and then somebody turns on the light, and you actually see that this room is dusty, and it's got spider webs all over it. And it's just, and you actually are exposed to the ugliness of it. And at that point, you have a choice. You can either turn the light back off, or you can clean the room. You mm-hmm. know, but and I've heard it in in reference to you know our our souls and that sort of thing mm-hmm. that. Uh, that Jesus turns on the light and the you know the light is something that uh, that we talked about a little bit last week and we'll definitely be talking a lot about next week um, you know Jesus is, is the light that like shines on our souls and on our lives and we see how messy it is and then we have a choice to make and so that idea of being faced with the ugliness of things mm-hmm. uh, is something that that kind of came into my mind when when I was thinking about these movies yeah. um, but I did want to so I'm going to read this thing. It's out of Jonah, appropriately. <laughs> um, and I will try to read it as I was... It's interesting. As I was typing it, you know, we all know the story of Jonah. And we all know... We know the the broad aspects of it. Yeah. Uh, but as I was typing this, I didn't remember the specifics of this. Uh, and this is basically Jonah's prayer when he's inside... The, the big fish. Let's say it's a shark. I know it's not, but let's say it is. Um, you know, and I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I remember that Jonah, like, that there were specific things that he said. I think hmm. it was just, a, I, I think I remembered that, like, oh, he just prayed to God to get him out yeah. of this, and, and he repented of his attitudes and that sort of thing. Um, so this is his prayer when he is inside this very terrible situation. Um, so this is Jonah 2, verses 2 through 10. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. 
from deep in the in the realm of the dead i called for help and you listened to my cry you hurled me into the depth into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled around me all your waves and breakers swept over me i said i have been banished from your sight yet i will look again toward your holy temple the engulfing waters threatened me the deep surrounded me seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains i sank down and I, I liked that part because actually that kind of talks about the descent a little bit. Um, <laughs> to the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. So that's the end of Jonah's quote. And the next thing says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So, you know, first off, this works super great uh, for what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, just this idea of being in the midst of a bad situation. And in the case of Jonah, it is a situation of his own making. Uh and that God put him in this situation. Uh, but that instead of being angry at God, which is something that tends to happen when you're, when you lose anything, really, um, mm -hmm. uh, lose a, a loved one or you lose a job or you lose, you know, your health or something like that. You know, this is oddly enough, you and I are recording this uh, on the same day that uh, we had a guest speaker at our church who uh, was in a pretty bad situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, at a young age, had a stroke and lost a lot of her abilities physically, and it was a very, very tough stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's very easy in moments like that to, to curse God and be angry at Him, but at the same time, uh, to recognize that, you know, this thing that has been stripped from you, it is a very, it's very sad that that happens, um, but God does mourn with you, and in the end, the only thing you can really do is cling to Him, because it's the only thing. I will. I'll put this out there. I wasn't planning on saying it, but uh, and I apologize if, if like the script to the shallows, it's a little on the nose. <laughs> that um, the God is the only beautiful thing that doesn't go away. It's mm -hmm. the only beautiful thing that does not have this dark, gross underbelly. You know, mm -hmm. anything else, as we've talked about on the show, anything else, whether it be family or career, can be the most beautiful thing in the world, but. You know, if you cling to family too much, you can be Michael Corleone. If you yeah. cling to your job too much, you're Gordon Gecko from Wall Street or something. <laughs> um, you know, so there's a there's always a dark underside. But the more you cling to God, regardless of the circumstances, the more you're clinging on to a, a beauty that doesn't that doesn't fade. And that's something that's happening to Jonah here, um, is that he. He was clinging to his own ideas of what he wanted to do. And God said, okay, well, you're not going to do that. And in fact, you're going to be in really terrible circumstances. <laughs> and only when Jonah acknowledges that, you know what? This is so much bigger than me, and God is actually so good. And it ends with him saying, salvation comes from the Lord. And in that moment, he gets vomited back <laughs> up onto the shore, and and he can continue doing what he needs to do. Mm. And you know, and when the shallows ends, uh, she she outsmarts the shark in a scene that is very stressful, um, <laughs> and she makes it back to shore, and she's she's able to 
deal with with uh, the loss of her mom. But it doesn't mean that there's not going to be sadness. It doesn't mean there's not going to be heartbreak. Yeah. It's just that it's it's part of her now, and I think it's worth noting that in the midst of all this, she she still has she still has that scar from the shark attacking her. Yeah. Like, it's never going to be a complete healing. You right. Know? Um, it, just as as you know that woman that spoke at church today, like. She's not completely healed. She's she's so much better than she was, but she's going to deal with this for the rest of her life. Yeah, you know, and and she uh, one of the things that she spoke uh, speaking tonight. She said more than once was talking about the the idea that this world is not safe, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that's well illustrated in both of these films. Is yeah. that no matter. No matter how we look at it or how we want the world to yeah. uh, to work for us and to affect us, it's not safe and it's never safe. Yeah, and you can't really take refuge mm-hmm. in the things of this world because yeah. they might they might last for a while, but they're not going to last forever. Yeah. you know, there's there's only uh, there's only God. God is my refuge, and God is my strength. Mm. Um, so you know, hopefully, uh, you guys uh, can can get something out of that idea. Uh, I don't mean to say that the good things in your life are just inherently corrupt and rotting or anything like yeah. that. <laughs> it's just that, you know, uh, those are not the things that are going to save you. Those are not the things that are permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sooner or later, you will see the 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 dark side of those things, or at least the 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 other side of the coin. Um, and if you're putting your faith in those things and then you see the dark side of them, it can really rattle you and really shake you to the point that you really don't know what to do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, I think we will probably leave it there. Uh, you know, if you haven't, again, if you, if you made it to the end of the episode and you haven't seen The Shallows, I don't understand you, <laughs> but I know you exist. You're out there. You're out there. You email me, and you're a perfectly nice person, but I still don't get you. Um, but de- And definitely do seek out The Descent as well. The Descent is a better movie, I think, than The Shallows. I think so, too, yeah. But um, it, but there are more elements to play with, too. Yeah. And, well, like I guess I guess it still is a better movie. That's not... Um, that's, that shouldn't take anything away from it, that it has more elements going on with yeah. it. It's just a bigger challenge to do... Um, what the shallows is wanting to do, which is yeah. keep this this one person in one place exciting for the whole time, and and it's I feel like it's serviceable and it works works well. And like you like you talked about, the way the thematic elements are woven into her specific situation yeah. is very is is thought provoking. Yeah. Um. But in terms of a of purely visceral effect, and in terms of. Uh, I guess drama and thriller elements there there it, it could be better. Well, and also just the descent because it has other characters, you're also exploring relationships. Right. So there's that as well. Yeah, but, which um, they're only able to do in a in a very kind of sparse way in the shallows. But you know in a what? very shallow way. Well <laughs> Um But yeah, I do think that uh if you were to watch both of these in one night, I think you'd have a really nice That'd be a good double a really feature. nice double feature. How long is the descent? Not very. I think it's probably a hundred minutes at the most. There you go. So, everybody, you're welcome. Hundred and eighty minutes. That's like one. Uh, that's, that's like Lawrence of Arabia. It's like half a Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, okay. Well, that this was a, a great deal of fun. Tune in next week. Uh, Reed will be here, and we will be talking about Bone Tomahawk, <laughs> a movie that apparently I can't stop talking about. Um, so, uh, uh, as always, you can email me at tylermorethanonelesson.com. You can leave a comment on this episode at, the, at our website. Um, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at More Lessons. You can follow Josh. At the Josh Long. At the Josh Long. You got to tweet more, man. I know. I'll tell you that right now. I'm way behind. You know, every once in a while, you used to tweet all your dumb little thoughts. I know. And you know what? I always enjoyed them. (laughs) But uh, I have to have some more. No, I'm having plenty of dumb thoughts all the time. But just remembering to uh, to uh, get them out to the world. They're always at it inopportune times that's the thing i've found like i'll have a thought while i'm driving it's like i know mm, i don't want to run off it's the like, road that would be a good tweet but is <laughs> is it worth dying usually no yeah that one's gonna hit you one day though where you're like this is the tweet that it's worth dying yeah it's like because what's interesting is i gotta tweet out this dumb thought while i'm driving oh hey there's another dumb thought <laughs> but i'm not gonna tweet that one and then you're dead mm-hmm. um so yeah uh and then one thing that i did want to say and we've talked about it a lot is that you know hey if you like halloween times Head on over to morethanonelesson.com. Check out The Fear of God, which is Reed's podcast, which at this point has been going for a couple of months. But, uh, yeah, that's all horror all the time over there. And uh, he and Nathan are putting out some really good stuff. And uh, October is John Carpenter month. So they're just talking about the, the films of John Carpenter. And, uh, and yeah, I know that's a, a topic that is very close to Reed's heart. So please yeah. check that out. Uh, in the meantime, thank you, everybody, for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.